Praise the Lord. It's good to see you again today. And I'm going to share with you from my heart to your heart tonight in a short time, and then we're going to start ministering tonight. And um, I thank the Lord that He's here with us tonight, and I don't want us to miss any moment. And um, I believe that the Lord has ordained this meeting for some specific people to meet some specific needs in their lives. And I believe if you open up your heart tonight to the Lord, you will go out here brighter than you came. Amen. Hallelujah. And Lord, we just thank you tonight and bless you, Lord, and humble ourselves before you, O oh Lord. Wonderful Holy Spirit. Lord, you know I am nothing without you. I give myself to you to use me, Lord God, to glorify your name here tonight. Let every hindrance be removed right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, anoint every single person here tonight. Anoint, oh Lord, this service and magnify your name. I cover this place and people with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I exalt your name, oh Lord Jesus Christ. Quicken us, Lord, tonight in your counsel in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, let's just go ahead and share briefly with the word of God tonight. I know that all of you might have known about the man called Daniel in the Old Testament. He was a captive of Judah. He was taken to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. And there were four of them that were taken from Judah to Babylon. And they were, you know, to be trained and prepared to stand before the king. This was not just a king as an emperor, Nebuchadnezzar. And so they had to tell them they had to eat differently and drink differently and dress differently. And they were told, you're going to eat a portion of the king's meat and drink a portion of the king's wine. But they said, oh, we don't want to eat that or drink that. Just give us some little vegetables and a little water. That would be enough for us. Hallelujah. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was a very uh, uh, terrible emperor. He was uh, like, like Saddam Hussein of his time, you know. He was a terrible man. But he was a mighty, mighty emperor. He shook the whole world. He shook the whole nations. And then you know the story. He had a dream. And then he called all the magicians and all the astrologers, all the witches and wizards of his kingdom to come to explain to him the dream he had. When all the so-called wise men of Babylon came, they said, we can't help you, king. Tell us the dream and then we're going to give you the interpretation." He said, no, you tell me the dream, and then you also tell me what? The interpretation. And, uh, well, they said to him, no man ever demands such a thing of uh, witches and wizards and the occult and magicians, that what you desire is totally, completely rare. Well, as his ways normally were, he said, one judgment for you, all of you will be killed and cut in pieces. Your house is burnt. You are going to be completely wiped out. And he was so ferocious. He said, go immediately and kill all the wise men of Babylon. Well, one of the wise men of Babylon was Daniel. So Daniel said, please, can you give me some little time to pray about this thing? And Daniel took the time to pray and asked God to reveal to him the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. And then 
in verse chapter 2 of Daniel, verse 19. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in the night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his. And he changed the times and seasons. He removed the kings and set up kings. He gave wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealed the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might. And has made known unto me now what we desire of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Well, therefore, then they went into, unto Ariok, whom the king had ordered to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus unto him, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me before the king, and I will show to the king the interpretation. Well, Daniel came before King Nebuchadnezzar and then was able to... Uh, revealed the dream to him. In fact, from verse 31, it says, Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image, this great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet, that were of iron and clay, and break them to pieces. There was iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken in piece to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer, threshing floors. And the wind carried them away that no man, no place was found to them, for them. And the stone that smoothed the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Somebody say hallelujah. This is a dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the Lord God of heaven had given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heavens, had he given unto thy hand, and had made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold, and after thee shall arise another kingdom, inferior to thee, and another kingdom, another kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subject all things and as iron that breaketh all things shall it break in pieces and bruise whereas thou sawest the feet and the photos part of potter's clay and part of iron the kingdom shall be divided but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with Mary clay and as the toes of the feet, we are part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. Now, I want you to know we are in the season of partly strong and partly broken. We are now in the season of the ten toes, partly strong and partly broken. And the Bible said they can never hold together. We are in that season on earth where human society can hardly again hold together. The clay and the iron can mix. This is where we are. This is the season where we are. Nations on earth will never again agree on anything. And then verse 44 says, And in the days of this king shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. That's the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. 
For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without the hands, without the human hand, and it break in pieces the iron and the brass and the clay, the silver and the gold, the great God had made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation therefore is sure. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel. And God should offer an oblation and sweet order unto him. I want you to know we are in the days that are like no other. We are in the seasons of a human existence that is like no other. We are in the season of the ten toes. Iron mixed with Marie Claire. They can't hold together. They can't mix. They can't mingle. They can't hold together because Iron and clay can hold together. And many things on earth today are no more holding together. That's where we are. And so you and I need the wisdom of God to be able to live and survive in such a time as this. We need pure wisdom of God. Now imagine Nebuchadnezzar, this strange, terrible human being, that conquer nations and destroy kingdoms and men and women. And, and can you imagine that this mighty, mighty, mighty emperor fell on his face. He bowed, he worshipped Daniel. I believe we are in the last days. We are the church of Jesus Christ. Men will come and bow before the church. They will come seeking for counsel. They will come seeking for wisdom. They will come seeking for understanding. They begin to cry and say, can you solve this puzzle for me? In these last days, the idols of the nations will fail them. The wise men of these nations will fail them. The occult lights will dry up. Men will see that God Almighty, He alone is God in heaven. He alone is God on earth. The wisdom of this world is coming to an end. God is bankrupting the wisdom of this age. Man has worshipped their own ideas. They have worshipped their own intellect, their own knowledge, their own wisdom. They have despised the wisdom of God. They have ignored God and his word. But I want you to know that the almighty God is now raising up the seed of wisdom in the church. Men and women of understanding. Men and women of counsel. Men and women of insight. Men and women like Daniel and Joseph and Shadrach and Meshach and, and Abednego. Men who will stand with the wisdom of God and confound the nations. The wisdom of this world has run, is, has run out. And so God wants to baptize the church with the baptism of wisdom and understanding and strength and stability in this end time. I mean, Daniel, this man fell before him and worshipped him. Why? There's a puzzle in his life that nobody else can solve. 
nations and cities and firms and industries and systems and, and many institutions of the world today, they, they, they are looking for somebody who can solve their puzzle for them. They are seeking for light in the occult. They are seeking for, for light in the cultism and witchcraft and Satanism. But they will find out that that no more works. And the, this is the hour of the church to shine. This is the season for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up in the wisdom of God and confound the nations. Can somebody say hallelujah? God has ordained you to become a Daniel of your time. Tell somebody, God has ordained you to become the Daniel of your time. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, the Bible said that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why don't the church today have wisdom? Why do we lack in wisdom? We have knowledge, but we have no wisdom. Why do we lack wisdom? Because the, the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning. Most Christians today does not know what is the fear of the Lord. They don't know what the fear of the Lord is. And there in Psalms 111, I hope you have your Bible. I love the Bible. Uh, I love the Bible. I cannot tell you how many hours I read it. I mean, I've been saved now for about 30 years. And I still read the Bible. It's like it's always new to me. Psalm 111. And verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endured forever. Now, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. What is the fear of the Lord? Does it mean to fear God and tremble and panic? What is the fear of the Lord? Now, let me tell you something. Suppose you are walking on a rope in New York between the two skyscrapers. So, you have to cross from here to there on a rope. Have you ever seen rope walkers? Have you seen any? Have you? Okay. Did you see how they are totally, completely focused? Because you, if you are walking on a rope, you are high up there, and you know any little, mm, you are dead. That's what the fear of the Lord is. You and I have to come to understand that living a life on earth is like walking on a rope. And the only thing we have to keep us alive is that wisdom of God. So you, all your entire being is focused on that very rope of divine wisdom. You would not allow yourself to be distorted by anybody, anything. If you were walking that rope and somebody saying to you, Hey, look at the new music that came out. Hey, watch this pornography. Hey, watch. Would you do that? No. You, you, you don't dare do that nonsense. Because you know any little slip, you are what? You go down. Life is walking on a tightrope. The Lord Jesus said, the, 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 the gate to life is what? Narrow. The way of death is what? 
wide and many go that way. So the fear of the Lord is you focusing on divine wisdom and understanding because you know if you step out of it, you fall into vanity and foolishness. The problem of the church today is not much about of sin. That's not the main problem. In fact, sin itself, sin and sinning is a lack of wisdom. Sin is folly. Sin is stupid. Sin is, is idiotic. Sin is actually lack of wisdom. A sinful person is a foolish person. Because sin is an expression of folly. Sin is the worst form of stupidity. If you are sinful, you are stupid. If you are sinful, you are foolish. Sin is an act of folly. Because what do you get out of it? What do you get out of sin? What do you get out of it? There's no wisdom in sin. Sin is folly. Sin is foolishness. Sin is, a stu sin is a stupidity. I mean, you sitting down in your house and you open your own eyes and you are watching naked women on the TV? <laughs> and you say you are normal? I need to lay hands on you tonight. Really, seriously. You ain't normal. Something's wrong with you. What, what are you going to learn from that? What? What? This is nonsense. Do you know why I hate sin? Because it is stupid. It is stupid. It is, it's nonsense. What am I going to do with it? There's no wisdom in sin. So the main problem with sin is foolishness. Sin is stupid. Now, you ain't married and you are playing like chickens. What is the wisdom in it? What is, there's no wisdom in it. It's folly. It's so stupid. You are smoking yourself to, to, to death. You are drinking yourself to death. You are gambling away your money. You are wasting your life and wasting your time. It is folly. It's foolishness. The wisdom of God will cleanse you from sin. You have your wife at home. What are you doing here in the bar? Your wife is in the bedroom and you are watching some other woman in the television. That's stupid. That's nonsense. What are you going to get out of that? It's nonsense. It's so stupid. Somebody say hallelujah. Yeah. I don't need you woman. I've got my own at home. Goodbye. That's it. Wisdom of God purifies your conscience. What we need in this hour is wisdom. Wisdom of God, wisdom and understanding. Understanding. The church today have knowledge, but we have no wisdom. The wisdom of God purifies us. Wisdom makes our faces to shine. It brightens your life. Wisdom will keep you from hurting yourself. Because wisdom is a, I mean, sin is, is a lack of knowledge. When I know myself, I know what I want. I want peace. 
Can I get peace in that? I want joy. Do I get joy in that gambling? The gambling mission is if have no joy. So that's not the source of what I need. Somebody say hallelujah. God wants you to know yourself. Wisdom helps you not just to know God, but to know yourself, to understand your own soul. Because the more you walk in divine wisdom, the more you stop committing a slow suicide. Everything we do outside wisdom is death. And so, this, I love Daniel. And I love Joseph. Joseph went to Egypt with nothing. He ended up beyond the, the prime minister. Why? By divine insight. In these last days, only men and women with divine insight can survive. Where you see what nobody else is seeing. Because you are seen through the light of God. Somebody say hallelujah. You, you see what nobody else sees. I remember there in Europe, Brother Jim, you know, we're talking about buying a, buying a land to get a house and all that. And, and I said, take me to the place there. So he took me to the land. I walk around there, walk around, I say, this is not the place. Go look for somewhere else. He goes somewhere else. I come there, look. At, oh, that's it. We got it. This is it. This is it. The Holy Ghost wants to give you an understanding that you don't, know, you don't learn in school. That nobody else will teach you. This is why God wants you to be filled with the spirit of God in wisdom. In understanding. So you can know what is hidden in people, in things, in times. You will understand. The mind of God will be given to you. You will see. You will know. When to stand, when to walk, when to run, and when to, when to fly away. What's to, where to live, where not to live. You'll be able to understand the hidden things in people, in places, in times. Lifetime is too short to be wasted learning one stupid thing. I hate to waste my time. Time is too short. Somebody say hallelujah. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is this, I don't want to miss you. Say with me, I don't want to miss you. Because I know the danger of missing you. Those of us who have worked with the Lord for some time, you know the danger. You don't want to play that game. You want to be sure what you are doing. You want to be sure where you are going. You want to see which way to go. And you don't just play around. You know, the, 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 the brethren of G, our Lord Jesus Christ, they said to him, why don't you go to Jerusalem today? Why don't you go? Why don't you go? He said, oh, my time is not yet come. Your time is always. You can always, you can afford to make mistakes. I can't afford to make a mistake. Mistake is such a luxury I can't afford. Some of you here in America, you have wonderful chances and you are squandering them. The things you squander here in USA is a fortune to many people in other parts of the world. Things you take here for granted. 
and you think you have the right to do anything and still get anything. Oh, some of you here doesn't know how blessed you are. You have a great opportunity here. You don't even know it. Why? The problem you have is this, is lack of humility. God will never give somebody wisdom that is not a humble person. What does it mean to be humble? To be humble means to know your nakedness. You know how naked you are. You know that you are nothing. And so you really know, Lord, I am nothing. Please help me. Please teach me. Please guide me. Without your guidance, I am nothing. I am naked. That's what it means to be humble. No matter, the more God uses you, the more empty you feel. You don't, you don't become arrogant. God will never tolerate an arrogant person. He will never, never anoint a person who is arrogant. I mean, demons will eat you for lunch. Rails, they will kill you. Quick, quick, quick. So, wisdom comes only to those who are humble. God resists the proud, but he gives what? Grace to the humble. The system in America is not made for humble people. The system here is meant to pump you up. So people are pumped up. People are living a life they cannot pay for. So you are borrowing from tomorrow. So basically, it's not realistic. Because you borrow from tomorrow. So you are not real. You live in, you borrow from tomorrow. So you are not really, nothing around you is real. God wants to get you real. In this end time, every believer should cry and pray to God before you get entangled in the system. The system is dangerous system. Only in the wisdom of God can you survive the American system. You need God here in this country. To, you need his wisdom to survive the system in America. On one hand, it can be good. On the other hand, it is very dangerous. Because it doesn't make you real. You don't really know who you really are. Because you are living a borrowed life. It's a strange system. But with the wisdom of God, you can make the best out of it. Somebody say hallelujah. With the wisdom of God, you can make the best out of it. But without divine wisdom, without real humility, you cannot survive America. Do you know that Americans are not peaceful people? They don't have peace. Yeah. They don't. So I'm serious. You are under heavy pressure all the time. Because you are living, you are born from tomorrow. An ordinary person out there can just have his little bicycle and he's so happy. He 
He's so glad. He had a little bicycle, a little corn. It is corn and singing home. You can't afford to divorce because it is too expensive. But here you guys divorce all the time. I'm serious. I, listen, I just I was in Asia in, in, in July. I was I was in Singapore, in Philippines, in, in South Korea. And, I mean, I could I could see how people there live. The simplicity of the human life has been corrupted. The system has stolen from us the simplicity of life. People are living under high competition. Nothing is enough. Change this and change that and change this. And, and they keep you, you know, they keep pulling you. And pu- it is a strange system. I was so, so shocked when the Lord told me, you have to live in Czech Republic, but America will be a part of your mission field. He, he said, you cannot live there, you must live here. I said, thank you, sir. Now, I went there when, it, when the communism just fell. You know, it was at that time, it was a third world country. It was poor. Third world country. People ask me, are you going to come back if you go to the U.S.? I said, why? That's where God wants me to be. It was a third world country. There was not much there then. Now, it's a fantastic country now. But down there in 1993, it was a third world country. People were just trying to recover from communism and the shock and the fear. They didn't know which way to go. Sometimes, listen, I like simple life. I like ordinary people. Jesus said, don't borrow from tomorrow. <laughs> but America borrow from, not just borrow from, next 10 years, you know, 100 years. And it puts so much pressure on people. So for you and I to survive, we need the wisdom of God for this hour. Can somebody say hallelujah? And there's no wisdom in sin. The essence of sin is folly, is foolishness. If you are living in sin, you are living a foolish life. You are living a lie. Sin is a lie. Sin is a deception. Sin is a delusion. Sin is a lie. If you are living in adultery, you are living a lie. If you misuse your body, you are living a lie. You are actually lying to yourself. Is the worst form of folly. Get out of there and go back to your wife. You'll be normal then. Sin is what? Foolishness. If you ain't married yet and you're having sex, you are just saying, I am an idiot. I'm serious. It's, it's, it's stupid. It's foolish. It's not, there's no wisdom in it. That man is not your husband. What are you doing there putting your trousers down? He's stupid and foolish. Can't you see his nonsense? Get up, pull up, zip up and go home. That's wisdom. Somebody say hallelujah. Here you are in the bar drinking yourself to nonsense. Killing your body, destroying your health. You are stupid, you are stupid, you are stupid. Get out. Go home. It's foolishness. I went to Europe. I was a single guy. Then I was more handsome than I am now. (laughs) I've done so much prayer. My wife is watching. Hello, Maggie. (laughs) 
yes. <laughs> yes, of course. I, I mean, I, you know what kept me from those beautiful women there? Because I think it's stupid. It's stupid. Devil offered me. I said, but show me, tell me, what's the wisdom about this? Just convince me that this is a wise thing to do. I couldn't get, this is, there's nothing there. It's, it's, there's no wisdom. God wants you and I to love wisdom. Wisdom and understanding will set you free. Ask yourself questions. Talk to yourself. Ask yourself, what am I doing here? Where does this road lead to? What is this? Don't just keep quiet. Don't just, just ask the question. What's the name of the game? Who will pay the bills? <laughs> just say, who will pay for the bill? When the game is over, who will pay? And how many young women today are entrapped in what they call love? That's not love. That's foolishness. And you pay the bills. You pay with your life. You pay with your dignity. When the game is over, you have broken eyes. God is calling you and I today to wake up from the slumber of a stupor. And wake up and walk in the wisdom of God. Give a name to the game. Because you have to pay. You have to pay. And so God wants to anoint the church. He wants to return the church to wisdom. Salvation is the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. And God wants you and I to walk in divine wisdom. When wisdom enters into your heart, then you have a balanced scale. Say with me, balanced scale. You see, when you are born again, God put the scale of eternal justice in your conscience. You have the scale right there. If you don't walk in that, your scale becomes perverted. Wisdom is a scale of everlasting justice. God is a just God. God is a righteous God. God is powerful, but he is a God of wisdom. He has the scales. He is the judge of all the earth. Everything God does is done in what? Wisdom. If it is not wise, he won't do it. Even if you are dying, if there's no wisdom in serving you, he will not do it. Because there's no wisdom in it. There's no wisdom in it. Our God is a God of wisdom. He is a God of understanding. And he wants you and I as his children to walk in divine wisdom. In divine wisdom is divine righteousness. Is divine holiness. Is purity. Is holiness. Is love. In wisdom is truth. God wants you and I to love wisdom. To be a wise son, to be a wise daughter, you are able to discern what is more excellent. You are not carried about by everybody's opinion. You listen to the voice of God in your conscience. Somebody say hallelujah. Many of us are entrapped because we don't walk in wisdom. And so 
We are entrapped in this world. God wants you and I to walk in divine wisdom. If there's anything God wants to give to you, that's wisdom. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. If you can hunger and thirst for that, you will get it. It will change your life. A penny in the hand of somebody who, is, who have the wisdom of God is powerful. Your minutes are mighty. Your hours are great. Your days are glorious. If God shows you how much of life you've wasted in foolishness, you will weep. If he shows you the price you pay for acting stupidly, oh, brothers and sisters, we waste life. I am telling you, we waste life. We waste opportunities. We waste resources. We waste energy. We waste our words. We, we, we are wasters. With the wisdom of God, you can accomplish more in this life. In partnership with the Holy Ghost, you can accomplish so much. Many of you are given so much. But you don't know. How to use it. Here you in America. You have wonderful opportunities. But only those who humble themselves can survive. Without humility, God will never give you wisdom. You must be willing to humble yourself and know I am nothing. And not just because you say you are nothing. We are really nothing. <laughs> Truly speaking, we are nothing. <laughs> now, if you know that you have set yourself free tonight, then you are desperate for his instructions. You are desperate for his advice. You are desperate for his wisdom. You are willing to kneel before him till you get the direction to go. You are willing to stake your heart and mind and night to, to, to turn on the night light and stay in his word till you have a which way to go. Can somebody say hallelujah? Because you know you are walking on a tight rope. You know that hell is here. Hell is there. Demons are all ganged up. They are looking for a chance to pounce on you. If you walk in divine wisdom, young woman, you will escape the folly of young women. If you walk in divine wisdom, young man, you will escape what destroys young men. God really wants you to escape what destroys people like you. There is something that destroys black people. There is something that destroys white people. If you walk in the wisdom of God, you will escape it. If you don't, you will fall where everybody else falls. I told God I don't want to fall where the blacks fall. I don't want to die like a black man. I want to die the death of the righteous. I want to die the death of a wise person. Woo! Hallelujah! Yes, sir! I don't want to die a fool. I hate to be foolish. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect, okay? But I hate to be, my wife can tell you that I hate to be foolish. I tell my son, 
What's the wisdom in this? Tell, explain this to me, son. What's the wisdom about that? Oh, that's right, that's right. Now, now listen, listen. Do you want to die where people like you die? Do you want to perish where the women perish? Do you want to die the death of the teenagers? And do the folly of teenagers? Don't die the death of the fool. That's what Christ came to give you, to make you to die the right death, live the right life. Don't die like people like you. When everybody else is dying, don't die like them. Walk in the wisdom of God. Don't walk like a black man or a white man or American. Walk like a child of God. God's wisdom is for you today. Somebody say hallelujah. And, and many of you are dis being destroyed by politics. You are allowing politics to pollute your wisdom. Lucifer was full of wisdom. Then when pride was found in him, he fell. Be very careful. Watch out. Because nothing on this earth is free. Always ask God, which way should I go? Don't be drawn by friends. They're all my friends. Let them die. Leave. Buy it. I won't buy it. It's not yet my time. Go. I'm not going now. It's not yet my time. No, no, no. I will come another day. Oh, hallelujah. Let the wisdom of God enter into your heart. Will you humble yourself before God? And he will feel you. God said, if you lack wisdom, ask. Wisdom, humility. How many marriages and families are destroyed today because of arrogance? Because the man wouldn't budge and the woman wouldn't budge. Everybody's saying me, me, me. And the me, me end up in the court. And your life is torn in pieces because you wouldn't humble yourself. God will never help an arrogant person. He will only help you break your leg. He will only help you get into trouble. He will, he, he will help you end up in prison. Then you will learn from there. Yeah, he, he will help you. But if you, no matter where you are or how you are, if you will humble yourself before the almighty God, he will lift you up. Wisdom will brighten your life. Cast your cares on him for he what? Cares for you. God wants to baptize you with the baptism of wisdom and understanding. Can somebody say hallelujah? hallelujah. The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The Bible says, walk in wisdom to them who are without. Why? Because the days are evil. The days are evil. We are living in a strange times. The times has changed. America has changed. The world has changed. It is no more what it used to be. And it will never be again so. We have come to the place where we must say, Lord, here I am, take control. Here I am, guide me. Teach me, 
Show me, tell me what things are. In the Garden of Eden, when God made any animal or whatever, he would bring them to Adam. And the Bible said, whatever Adam called them, that was the name. So Adam and God had the same mind. Whatever Adam called them, God said, okay, you are right. That's what the name is going to be. He said, this is a goat, this is a sheep, this is a cow, this is a cattle, this is a Eve. I mean, God didn't say Adam, hey, Adam, look at Eve. No, Adam said, that's Eve. That's a woman. God said, okay, you're right, that's a woman. Adam gave name to all things. Now, we are in this world of darkness. We have to let God give name to everything. And whatever God calls them, we call them. Can somebody say hallelujah? We are in this world of darkness. Everything is polluted and perverted. We have to let God give name to everything. In the Garden of Eden, man gave name to everything. Now we are in this fallen world. We must allow God to give name to what? Everything. Whatever he calls them, we call them that. If he says to you, this is husband, you say, this is husband. If he says, this is wife, you say, this is wife. When he says, this is home, then this is home. When he says, this is church, this is church, this is pastor, okay, this is pastor. Why do you know? God says he's a pastor. That's a pastor. So let God give name to things. When God said to me, hey, Czech Republic, that's the place of mission. I said, oh, where is it? I don't know where. He said, that way, that way, I get there. Okay, so this is it. He says to me, this is wife. I said, okay, this is wife. This is a son. That's a son. This is life. Okay, this is life. Oh, this is peace. All right, Lord, this is peace. This is joy. Okay, that's joy. I let him give names to things. And I never begin any project by myself. Never, never, never. I don't want to be in trouble. I let God begin them. I let him show me what he's doing. The Bible says, the Lord Jesus Christ said, the father loves the son and shows him everything he what does so that the son might do what? The same. The initiator was not the son. The initiator was what? The father. I let God initiate everything I do. I try my best to make sure he is the one that initiates them. So I can have peace. So I don't have to steal to maintain what I started. So I don't have to deceive to keep on going. I let him initiate them. I say, God, that's your project. If he stops, he stops. That's your thing. I don't have any pride in it. In these last days, allow God to give name to things. When God says, build a children's center, you begin to build. Even if you have no penny, it is not your project, it is his project. When he begins it, he will what? He will finish it. That wouldn't steal your sleep in the night. Because that's his job. Can somebody say hallelujah? When Adam had problem with Eve, Adam said to God, the woman you gave to me gave me the fruit. I mean, he was bold. 
You gave me this woman, she gave me the fruit. You gave me and she gave me. Ah, and I had it. God said, okay, I'm going to help you out then because I gave you the woman. And you, you better know who gave you what you got. You better know who gave you what you got. Some people think, I mean, just imagine if, you, if a young woman went ahead and got pregnant and then say, hey, pay the bills. You say, is that my, is that my baby? Let's go to the doctor there. Let's check the, whose blood it is and check out the blood of all the boys. Check all the blood. Let's see who got the girl pregnant. Whoever whose blood it is, you pay the bill. If it's not my blood, I don't pay the bill. If you are pregnant with a baby that is not of God, you pay the bills. You can cry and holler, but your faith won't even be strong enough to ask for help because you know this baby is not from God. It can be a project, it can be anything. You will not have the faith to believe God for it because you know you did not conceive this in intimacy with Jehovah. If out of your intimacy with the Almighty God, a seed of vision drops into your heart, that's his baby. He will pay for it. Can somebody say hallelujah? He will pay, oh my, he will pay for that. And the Bible says, walk in wisdom to those who are without wisdom. For the days are evil. The Lord Jesus Christ grew in wisdom and in stature. God wants you to be rooted and grounded in divine understanding. Many times men want the women to respect them. I'm the head. Obey me. If you are really the head, you don't need to ask them to obey you. If you're the head, if you're really the head, you know. If, if you are really the head, you don't need to say it. Yeah. And I have people, people come to me and say, yeah. uh, I, I, I'm a prophet. I say, if you're, if you're a prophet, don't need to tell me. Uh, uh, just, just prophesy, I will know. <laughs> I'm a prophet. I say, but those who are prophets doesn't tell it. By their fruits you shall what? Yeah. Know them. So don't tell me what tree you are. I will see your fruit and see what tree you are. <laughs> Somebody say, hallelujah. <laughs> I'm an apostle. I'm the, don't tell me, just show it. By their fruits, you shall know them. I'm going to pray for you tonight. There's, going to, there's an anointing here for wisdom and for clarity of vision and for decision. I have prayed for you that any area you've made any wrong decisions, God will gradually today pull you back in the right directions. Somebody say hallelujah. Any area you've made already some wrong decisions. And you are paying the price of a wrong choice. Oh, the price we pay. The price we pay for a life that is not lived in the wisdom of God. It is always easy to say, oh, my friends are all doing it. So I got to do it also. Be different from all your friends. Become a Daniel. Somebody say hallelujah. Don't try to be like everybody else. Don't try to be somebody else. Just be you. God wants to baptize you with wisdom and with understanding. 
with the, with the, the, you're going to give you a scale in your heart. So you have a balanced scale, how you use your time, how you use your word, how you use everything about you. Somebody say hallelujah. God wants to anoint you with the anointing of understanding. And you have strength and stability. You will not be nervous and restless and trying to seek for somebody to make you feel as if you are somebody. You'll be happy with yourself. Wisdom will make you happy with yourself. Wisdom will give you strength and stability. You walk uprightly, you walk surely. You walk in understanding. Everything you have in your hand is anointed and powerful. Your times are blessed. Your money is blessed. It is in the hand of understanding. It's in the hand of wisdom. People will always come to borrow from you, not because you have more than them, but because you manage your own well. You always have an extra time because you are working in divine wisdom. <laughs>